Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to another edition of Turn Out a Punk. I'm your host, Damien Abraham, and once again, I'm bringing you a conversation with someone who grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved in punk, but had their life changed by the genre in a major way. And today on the show, one of my favorite, favorite people in, in the world. I love this dude. I love this dude so much. Brandon Williams of the band Chastity is on the show today, a band that I've toured with, uh, a band that put it out some of my favorite records and, and has a brand new record. More on that in one second. But first, if you want to get in touch with me, you can head over to the email address, turnedoutapunkpodcast at gmail.com. There's also a Facebook page and an Instagram and that all that stuff, all that stuff is run by my brother and show producer and just workhorse extraordinaire, like the real shit worker of this show. Like the, in the old sense of the maximum rock and roll shit workers, Tristan's doing all the shit work to make this podcast happen. So thank you so much, Tristan, for all that work. So you can get in touch with him in there. If you're looking to get in touch with me directly, you can find me on various forms of social media where I am at left for Damien. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is just by telling all your friends about this podcast, letting everyone know that you like this thing and that we're doing this thing out there. You can also subscribe to it and rate it on your your listening platform of choice. Um, And there's also a Patreon. And I got to give a huge, huge thank you, bless you to the long-suffering supporters of the Turnout of Punk Patreon, people that really keep this thing going, uh, people that have allowed me to get this new computer because the old computer died and uh, we would have had to stop the show. So much love to the people at Patreon um, for all their support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, If you'd like to, uh, I think that's it. I think I'm done for plugs. Right now, I am in a hotel room in rainy Brisbane, Australia. The, you might be able to hear... Well, that was me hitting the lamp. You might be able to hear the rain hitting the window outside. Gives you a nice... I'm setting it up for you, letting you know what I'm dealing with right now. But the view's incredible. I'm looking at a racetrack. It's, I'm having a lot of fun over here in Australia on tour. Uh, buying a lot of records. Shout out to Junk Shop Dog, Junk Shop Dog for... Uh, Hooking me up with some incredible Japanese wrestling toys and and huge, huge, huge thank you and love to the people at Vicious Sloth who every time a fucked up guest to come to town, Joan and I go down there and just just learn and licorice pie and and just uh, there's a lot of amazing record stores here. I'm learning so much. I'm learning about so many different little sub scenes. Australia truly is like the uh, I don't like like a like a, an entire protected ecosystem of punk rock. Like, there's just so much incredible stuff that comes from here. And then I'm going to New Zealand where I'm going to be learning about flying nun stuff. And I guess I'm also playing shows, but for me, this is really like a, like an educational trip. Like that's what I really do this for. Like the show, I do play these shows once in a while, but for the most part, I'm just learning. I'm just soaking it in like a sponge. We had a, we had a driver today, Carrie, and uh, he used to roadie for ACDC 
and and uh, Rose Tattoo and told us some wild stories from back in the day. So, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. Long story short, I'm having a lot of fun out here in Australia. And uh, that's why this show, I promised it would come out a little bit earlier in the week, and I, I had to delay it because, well, travel and all that kind of stuff. But here it is. And this is an, a fantastic conversation with someone who I have unbelievable amounts of uh, respect for. Uh, Brandon is someone I met first a few years ago, fucked up, played a show in San Francisco, and uh, Chastity opened. And I met him at that show. And since then, gotten to know him a little bit. We went on tour together in Europe. And he's just one of the most earnest, thoughtful people I've ever had the chance to meet. And I think that really comes across in this interview. There's a lot of cool stuff. And this is, might be one of the most honest discussions uh, we've had on the show. You know, not that we haven't had other honest discussions, but I mean, just in, in terms of like music and criticism and, and, and that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm not going to blather on anymore. I'm going to let you sit back, relax, and enjoy Brandon Williams of the band Chastity on Turned Out a Punk. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is uh, finally happening. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this happening for like years. I right? think so, yeah. And then I think we almost did it in Hamburg or yep. in Germany somewhere. Yep. And then we were like, ah, oh, let's wait. We'll do it at home. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll do it at home. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we waited, too, because now yeah. i got my dab rig in Germany. I just had shitty German weed. So <laughs> you're going to get a much more uh, animated host. Nice. You cool. know, I think it would be better for you. Nice. Um, but, no, I, I think it's even been longer than that, because I remember, you, you know, your record being one of my albums of the year and, and talking about it then, but I guess it just hasn't happened till now. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you for having uh, Making it happen now. Oh, yeah, please. Shit. You came yeah. over for dinner, you know? Dude, like... thank you for dinner. <laughs> Yo, yeah. No, chicken was sick. Was it good? <laughs> yeah, it was okay. so good. And those buns were fired, too. And what would have happened if I had made a terrible dinner and then you had to sit through looking at I me? I would have done that. I would have been like, Yo, this is fire, too. <laughs> but this is legitimately. Okay, well, now I don't know which is truth and what's a lie. <laughs> um, but I got to start this off the way they all start off, which is how'd you get into punk? Do you remember the first time you ever came across the genre? Yeah, I think I sort of, I mean, I sort of came in sort of a back way, maybe by way of metal, and I think in elementary school, I remember kids, you know, starting to get into Iron Maiden or like Pantera Mm -hmm, or something, mm -hmm. and I didn't really, it wasn't really for me directly, and I think I was just like, okay, where do I, you know what I mean, what is for me, then I kind of started looking then you know and um so i went to ce broughton public school for elementary school and just up the hill from there was anderson collegiate and there's always sort of this like mystery of protest the hero um because they went there when okay. i was in elementary school and, yeah and they were like sort of like a skate punk they were a ska band when they first came out yeah happy go lucky yeah like, yeah um yeah, and they had a was, different name too. Even I think it right? was called Happy Go Lucky. Well, that was called yeah, Happy Go Lucky. Happy Go Lucky. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I thought yeah. you meant there was like they were like Happy Go Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well that, that that's exactly. They're literally called Happy Go Lucky. So, but then they put out like a demo, and uh, I was just sort of like, whoa! It was sort of just like it was literally up the hill, four hundred, three hundred meters away, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember like kind of looking up and just seeing some kids like in 
trench coats or whatever and just like in like they're like steel toed boots and just being like oh shit you know they're sort of like blowing my mind this different this like high school world or yeah. whatever and i started doing as much digging as i could and i i think i've started to sort of find by way of protest the hero in grade seven i went to it was protest the hero and uh bombs over providence and closet monster that makes it was sense kind of the yeah like, the underground uh, operations. Uh, yeah the uoc yeah but it was at the polish hall in in oshawa and i remember watching like a kid in all like camo get up like get in a fist fight with a kid with long hair you know what i mean it was yeah. like just sort of this like this i would like witness this like punk versus like metal thing i was like whoa i didn't even know i kind of even now i'm like whoa what was it happening? yeah yeah but it and especially at that show it's yeah. like who's calling someone a poser there yeah <laughs> straight up yeah it was like outside of the polish hall yeah like, uh, just on i think on simcoe street in Oshawa. but that was like that was kind of my I mean, I remember too. My baby, a babysitter. This is like a, one of my maybe like earliest memories. I remember crossing the street in Whitby, on Dundas Street in Whitby, because a group of kids like in steel-toed boots and like shaved heads or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, we're walking on the same side, and my babysitter crossed the street, and I was like, I think I was like, what happened? You know, who are they? Yeah, and yeah. like, what is that? You know. Um, so I think that was kind of my, that was kind of my way in a little, I mean, I remember, I remember hearing like when I was in grade seven or eight, like between the buried and me or something, like some more metal shit that I was like pretty blown away with, but I didn't, I just didn't fuck with some of the other, like all my like skateboarder friends or whatever were into like, like you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Iron Maiden and whatever. And mm -hmm. I just started looking and started like, it was kind of like I had um I forget what the service Kazaa you know remember Kazaa mm -hmm. like the file sharing and I would just find I would search you know I think this is how I found refused or something I would just search like punk punk or yeah, whatever yeah. and then it would come Hardcore, up and that's, yeah. yeah and then I would read what I could it was sort of yeah I would just read what I could at that point about these bands and I I think I just found like I was like well what is like straight edge mm -hmm. like hearing you know what I mean it was just all by way of internet mm -hmm. kind of because I, I wasn't really involved in any I grew up in Whitby or whatever and I went to the Polish Hall sometimes and hadn't really been to the Dungeon Tons so I was just finding out about tons of stuff just almost just like reading about it as much as I could online and just like after school and whatever and I had this friend Adam McMillan that showed me a bunch of bands after that, but um, yeah, that's kind of how it's it got going, I guess. And yeah, the eastern sort of city suburb area had like a, a lot of bands around that time, like Mark Inside, like uh, Anagram, like, yeah, and, and then of course like you know, um, Torch the Hero and stuff. Like stuff was really popping off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I started going to the dungeon probably in grade ten or something. Mm. I was I wasn't allowed to go to the dungeon. <laughs> you know, like it's called the dungeon. The previous owner had gone to jail, I think, for selling ecstasy to minors. <laughs> and then this amazing guy, Will, 
bought bought the business and yeah. kept it going and everything and painted the walls, cleaned up the bathrooms. The bathrooms were insane. Um, Did it have a cage that could go in front of the stage? I think maybe that was the previous. Yeah. Owner. I think I saw Propagandi play there. Crazy. Oh. With Closet Monster. Oh, true. When it was like the early incarnation of Closet Monster. Wow. It might have been pre-Closet Monster, actually. Crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I yes. don't remember that venue. Yeah, yeah. But it, to us, like I met, like I was just up north with this guy, Grizzly, and Grizzly, I met him out front of the dungeon, I remember, and there's like a lot of friends today I still have. We met at the dungeon and went to shows at the dungeon mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? So, but it was, I was just then, once I started going to the dungeon, then it was like, I was kind of, that time for me was kind of like this, like, m- there's sort of a lot of like MySpace, um, like metal, like metallic hardcore type of stuff going on. And that was like the huge tide that I think when I started, there was like, I don't know if you remember, like ho- the Holly Springs disaster mm-hmm. was like, uh, there's like stuff like that a lot coming through, but um, yeah. Were those but bands were playing also, locally too? They were playing in Oshawa. Yeah, okay. they were. I think that I think they were from like Saskatchewan or something. But there were bands like touring off their MySpace. They were. Were they on underground operations too? Holly Springs disaster or something? I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I bet that it, would make sense. It was kind of put out a lot of bands for like that brief period that they were around. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was. I hate Sally. I hate Sally was another they, one. They ruled. I thought they were nuts live. I saw them a few times at the dungeon. Mm-hmm. And were they from Oshawa? No, they were East, from. They're from either Kingston or. Belleville. Okay, yeah, Kingston. I think it's Kingston. Yeah, one of the few bands from Kingston. Yeah, seriously. It's weird how that's like you know obviously the biggest Canadian band ever is from there, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like yeah. really it's not like you know there's like so many you know other cities that have put out so many more bands than. Seriously. You'd think Kingston would put out more bands. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if it's so... Yeah, I feel this sort of... I wonder about Whitby right now, like, with... And Durham, with just, like, lack of any infrastructure to mm-hmm. rehearse, even, mm-hmm. for bands and to um, play, you know? And I wonder if Kingston... I mean, it's like a college city. It's obviously yeah. Queens and whatever, but I wonder about the, like... Did you guys go out and play Kingston? Like we played Kingston a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Like it's and they've always been fun shows, but yeah. like it's not like we've ever played with a band there, you know that that we end up playing with years later, you know. Yeah. Like or I find a lot of the kids we play to end up we end up seeing them in other cities they move to. Right. And stuff. Like maybe it's because it is like a, a you know a temporary population. Yes. Between the school, the prison, and just kids growing up there. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. True. Yeah. I wonder. Are you, they're shows in Coburg. Yeah, at the hall. Like, yeah, and a lot of bands came out of Coburg. Yeah, a lot of people from bands came out of Coburg. Did too. you hear the band Coburg? There's no a band called Coburg. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start a band called Whitby. I'm trying to convince my friends. <laughs> I just have a few songs for the band Whitby. But like, Coburg was sick. Then bands named from the city always suck. <laughs> yeah, but Coburg was right? sick. Like, you know, yeah, Coburg yeah. sick because I was gonna say Maybe like Whitby though. I'm risking it. I'm risking it. That uh, Boston's not really my thing. Right. Toronto, the band's not good. No. no. Toronto though, the band is really good. Tyrana. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. Um, but an O Town sucks. From mm. from Orlando, mm. so was Chicago from Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah they got some songs. Chicago, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, there's no New York band. It'd be a pretty big thing to take on being but New the York. The Bronx are from 
They're from California. Oh, yeah. 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 Shit, yeah. And they're not, yeah, I like the Bronx. So there's, yeah. there are bands, but like, you know, it's a it's a big thing to take on. It is. You know, you want to carry the whole city on your back like that? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe <sighs> <wake> me. <laughs> Good luck. Serious, yeah. <laughs> I just emailed the mayor in Whitby, like on Friday, we had that last barn show. Yeah. I was like, come through. I know he knows about them or whatever. Yeah. He was talking to someone about them, but I, I've kind of been posting. Ben Rayner. Yeah. Like, the right, homie. John Star, yeah. We, to avoid confusion, not Ben Rayner the photographer, Ben Rayner the writer. Yes, yeah. Which both are both good friends. Mm. I love them both dearly, but I'm sure they both get confused for one yeah. another a lot by publicists. Search. Yeah. yeah. But he wrote a piece about Oshawa and sort of an infrastructure-less city mm-hmm. um, with talent, or just with like artists coming out of it there and... Uh, Daniel Caesar and uh, have you heard this? It's a pop band called Dizzy. Mm-hmm. Just did um, Dish One Juno and stuff out of just out of their bedrooms in Oshawa. Um, but he's like, yeah, there's no there's no venue. And anyway, I posted a link to that and tagged Don Mitchell, Mayor Don Mitchell, and Whitby. And um, but I emailed him and he's like, can you put together a plan and come see come see me? We're just like figuring out culture budget shit right now. I was like, I was not. I would be much more resistance, and I've experienced, you know, resistance and mm-hmm. being largely just like swimming upstream, you know. So I think it was a pretty exciting reaction, and yeah, definitely places like the place we played in, in um, Antwerp, like council venues. I don't know if you remember that place. Yeah, remember there were like twenty kids working that yeah. night. Yeah, and I was like talking to some of those. I was like, "Are you guys all like working or volunteering?" They're like, "No, yeah, we work here or whatever." Mm-hmm. And it's just like a council. It's just like social money. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like good like socialist dollars going into culture and arts and um I just wanna I wanna call them. Yeah. Whatever that venue is called, or there's a venue called Tricks. We've played an amazing venue in Reno, Nevada, called the Holland Project. It's like mm-hmm. municipal money and stuff. It's like I wanna just figure out what's right and I would love to have some sort of place to house rehearsals maybe some sort of DIY recording set up, up yeah, like yeah, to get yeah. some like a demo going or something you could multi-track on something or get a MacBook and GarageBand and an interface mm-hmm. and some mics or whatever and then have just like a small space to play and put on shows and just like get kids going with shows or whatever um but we'll see I gotta do some I'm gonna do some research and we're gonna have like a show in December I think I wanna invite him out he didn't end up he was at beer fest. <laughs> he, he emailed me. Said he emailed me back on the weekend though yeah. and said, "Hey, sorry, I was at, <laughs> at beer fest." <laughs> I, thought, right. I, to, I sort of told him, "Be right back. I wanna." I, I would. I don't know. I think might be. It's like just an in between place. There's five hundred thousand people in Durham region and no spot Whitby has 10 hockey arenas there's yeah. like 110,000 people there's 10 there's literally <laughs> 10 hockey arenas no all ages like community arts media music space you know yeah so it's like just figuring out like can we with some with some help yeah like I that's think, the thing yeah. it, it, it is doable and I think look at like you know look at Sweden and look at the amazing yes. amount of bands that came out of there in the 90s that had access to these state-funded venue yes. rehearsal spaces and, and sponsorship for tours. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, like, 
you know, entombed, the cardigans refused, like, you know, Straight up. name like another non-English speaking country that's produced that many, yes. you know, important bands that have ranked internationally. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, so I think these types of things are, are necessary and like, big time. You know, like, I, I'd love to see it in downtown Toronto, too. Oh, it's true. Oh, I know. I don't think the mayor's going to write me back. Yeah, yeah. I you know, yeah. I don't know. Hey, don't tour. I met him one time. Oh, did you? I moderated the debate. Oh, right. Oh, and yeah. so, did not ask me for my number. Right, and He I wasn't see. like, yeah, we should stay friends. Right, you know? I see. Like, let's stay in touch. Yeah. But, yeah, Toronto's gone through some changes. Yeah, we've gone through some shit. Yeah. I think the whole province is though now. You know, that's the reality of the world we're in now. Right. I'm going back to where you were at. Where did you kind of go from, you know, this underground operation stuff? Where where did you hear about Protest of the Hero first? Was it just locally kind of legend, or is it like through the punk show? Or it was mystery, man. It was. I wasn't allowed to watch the punk show. I grew up in like quite a religious home. I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons. You know, I wasn't. I think we were barely allowed to watch Power Rangers. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like we weren't allowed to watch much music by any means, but yeah. we taped it low key and okay. we like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> so we, um, no, we, it was just, I found out about Protest the Hero either through my older brother or through Luke Holland, my friend, that was into Blink 182 and Protest the Hero, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and played, he's the one guy in my elementary school that played guitar. And so I think he, yeah, I think it was, it was just through that and then, but it was like Anderson was up on the hill, right? This high school and I was in elementary school and Protest the Hero went there. Yeah. And it was like murmurs of their drummer, Mo, Mo Carlson, I remember. I, it was like, I heard he wore the same t-shirt every day because somebody said he wouldn't. You know what I mean? Every day for a year. <laughs> every day for a year because someone was like, you're not going to do it. And he did. So that type of like murder. Legend. Yeah, local the legend. legend of Protest the Hero. And to think, you know what I mean? They were, yeah. it sort of became, a, they became gods in my head. Yeah. And, yeah. You were like, well, yeah, like it's like the first band you're into. Yeah. And, and then... So where were you hearing music if you weren't allowed at home? Is it just through friends? Like, where were you becoming aware of it? Like, were you listening to, like, I had alternative a, radio, maybe? or I had a Walkman. Yeah. Yeah, I had, like, a Walkman, and, uh, yeah, like, I... There, it was, like, the era of burnt CDs. Mm-hmm. So homies would, like, hook it up. You know, they'd, like, get it off of... Because uh, I had an EMAC, like, a computer... An old, yeah. I used to be heavy into... I shot a skate video in grade 7 and put it out in, out in grade 8 called B-Man's Video... Um, and so I had like an EMAC hooked up to the internet and that, and I needed, I'd claim that I like, I needed these songs like for my videos or whatever yeah. to put in my parents were like, oh, that's cool or whatever. And so, yeah, it was just pumping Kazan, just downloading. And I probably had like five gigs on some computer <laughs> filled to the brim with music that I was just like finding out and sampling, but I sample music by downloading an entire it was like, you know, those old files, it's like entire discography. Yeah, the entire, bands. everything the band ever did. Yeah, yeah, so it was like a lot, it was quite dense to like, you know what I mean? I was like 11 or 12, like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> but, so I was just hearing, and I remember those scene, the like, the like threshold of like fame to me was like, I found Protest the Hero on Kazaa. Yeah. And I was like could not believe they're on here you know and it was like wow <laughs> you made so, it when you're bootlegged yes <laughs> that's how you know you got it yeah so i heard of them and then i just sort of 
And then, to be honest, I I saw pulmonary archery on, like, like Sunfire on Much Music, I remember, in grade eight. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, was the first time, like, seeing something just on TV. Like, it was just, like, George running. That video is him running around long hair. He's, like, literally running for the full song back and forth yeah. in the room yelling. And I... I don't know if they, the fuck you part on that. I think much music. But it was so inaudible or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, I'm yelling at it. That, I could be wrong. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they kept it and it blew our minds. You know, <laughs> or, or we knew, like, he says, fuck you here. And we were just like, damn. So that, I think, yeah, I saw that in grade eight. And we were obsessed. We had it taped on a VHS tape or yeah, whatever. And yeah. we were like could not believe that that was on Munch Music. Because they would play it at, like, 5 o'clock or mm-hmm, whatever, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Just among whatever else was going on on Much On Demand or yeah, whatever. On, yeah. And then it was Alexis on Fire, and to us, it was just totally, like, breaking out of this homogenized... You know what I mean? Like, Much Music. Like, this, like, l- one thing. And it stood out to us, and... And that was my first, like, actual concert. I'd been to the Polo Shaw. I'd been to the, you know what I mean, the yeah. Dungeon Once, maybe, or something. Uh, uh, or I'd, yeah, been to some Legion show or something with my older brother. And, and Who played that? What's that? Who played that show? Like, at a Legion? Yeah. Just, like, local. Okay. There's, like, uh, yeah, just, like, local teenagers. Like, yeah. just, like, yeah, teenagers rented their mom rented the legion so that they could play or whatever yeah, okay. you know my friend dan LaDuke had stuff and um but yeah man it uh yeah i'm trying to think then i think in 2004 it was like the cool house and the constantines played with alexis on fire and i found the constantines found you remember sleeper set sail yeah i kind of like went into this like emo you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I sort of like introduced to a, a few, a bunch of different things via that show even. Cause I was like, it was just the first like big sound or actual, just not long and McQuaid rental sound show I'd ever been to. <laughs> I was like, just like, just total, like just st- stimulation, you know, mm-hmm. just like being at the cool house. And, um, did your parents drive you or did you have to take the train in? No, my hockey coach. And my current best friend, the best man in my wedding, yeah, uh, we went, and he, my, my hockey coach, uh, Don Brown, drove me and knew. Okay, we got f- hooked up. We got hooked up because he knew some guy that was a bouncer at the cool house. Okay, and he let us in early, and I remember watching. <laughs> I remember like watching like Alexis like walk around, and I was just like a kid in the corner, being like, "Wow," you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's yeah. the con, like, and we met Dallas, like, we met Dallas and asked him for his autograph on, like, a hat I had or something, you know, like... Was he cool to you brand. sign it? Yeah, totally. Because could have gotten broke either way, I guess. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we were just like, yeah, just like, booger nose, like, you yeah, know, I was literally yeah. like, yeah, grade eight, yeah, and it was, so, that was like, that was kind of my intro into just, like, at least, like, like, subculture... Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, um, yeah, and then, and then just, like, MySpace sort of happened and kind of got into that, and then, yeah. Alexis is, like, 
always been a cool band for just like I don't know repping for like other bands Big you time. know like they've always picked cool bands to open and you know and it, it isn't necessarily the most commercial or the most you know I imagine what the record label's pushing them or mm. what different people around them are pushing them to do like stuff that they they like mm. yeah it's yeah I feel I yeah I felt the I'm so grateful to have felt their support. Same like, here. So yeah, yeah, for sure. 100% with us too. Like it's like there's just so, like a whole wave of people that probably would not have heard of our band Damn. without that band, mm. you know. And it's just you know like and, and they, you don't have to. Right. You know? Yeah, like, that's the thing. I, yeah, like they are. They are definitely fans and listen still to new mm-hmm. shit or whatever, and you can tell and they keep up and. Um, yeah, it's sick. I mean, they're they're massive. They're yep. so big and so important to so many people. And so to have sort of a cosign or whatever it might be like that or just is has been massive. I feel the same way. It's like even that London show or whatever. And they at our Deathless like release show, they were like, can we they were like dropping a single that day. I got <laughs> yeah. this email. Dude, we had finished our we had finished our tour in February or January, February, and we were, like, on our way home, um, and we were in Paris. We had to get the van back to Paris. And we you guys like, drove back from Portugal, or where were we? We were in Prague, I Prague. think. Prague. Or oh, no, even no, no, Vienna, you, Vienna. Oh, yeah, Austria, We drove yeah. Vienna to Paris after. <laughs> we did more dates with Dilly Dally, yeah, yeah. after, and... Um, so I was exhausted. I, I drove. Yeah, Jeremy and I drove and split this... 12-hour drive or whatever it is and we had to get to the airport to get the rental back and blah 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 blah. and i was like okay i'm ready to sleep and then joel emailed and said hello i'm joel i'm in angel on fire they're putting out they're like dropping a single on february 15th or whatever it was and we're wondering if if you're up for it if like they'd be down to come play like a surprise few songs after your set I was like I'm not gonna sleep now I was like I cannot believe that I was like and I don't know if they I mean they know now and whatever and I've probably punished them a bit with telling them some of what I just told you yeah yeah you know what I mean this was my so I don't know that just yeah that shit I couldn't sleep I was at the airport I was ready to sleep on this concrete floor I was excited (laughs) and yeah I didn't I didn't sleep and then it happened and truth be told we were playing the record front to back and we hadn't jammed two or three of the songs so I was tripping I was like are we gonna actually do it and we played it front to back for this film that I'd shot uh, with my friend Justin Singer and I was just like, "Is it? are we going to be able to sync it up? And then a snowstorm happened that week. We weren't able to jam. We jammed the day of, like, two hours before. Uh, like, doors were open, and we jammed for the first time for that show, like, front to back. And So anyway, I was just tripping on so many levels that uh, we were going to fuck up in front <laughs> of, like, a bunch of our heroes, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, anyway, it was... It was crazy. Uh, yeah, like, what was, I guess, going back to, like, when you saw that Alexis on Fire show, like, where where did you go from that point? Like, where did you go, like, locally? Were there, did you decide you wanted to do music at that point? Were you playing music at this point? Were you doing that? Yeah, I was kind of in 
um, sort of like these like subversive like pop projects and okay. like experimenting with like electronic and like auto-tune to be honest really yes yeah and it maybe i shouldn't this is maybe something no else. go what do you mean <laughs> yeah. keep it in there. what are you talking about so, no, no, we can't do it but uh yeah and i kind of went that way what was the vibe went, of these bands like that these I, groups? yeah yeah well i started doing yeah that. these projects I, yeah i started doing that and uh i, I kind of wanted to make like this like pop like these this like very pop sensible thing that challenged and like subverted punk like punks you know what i mean being like you got you like i we like the same thing or whatever i i can fuck with that but do you like this too you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. just sort of this like myspace thing and it was in like 2006 or 7 and i was using that same emac that i was like doing video stuff on to create yeah. this music and i hope nobody looks this up good god and i'm like <laughs> But it was like just straight, like it was cool, more up the middle than I probably even intended for it to be. There's just like no angle on it whatsoever. But, um, and truth be told, and I'm not trying to start anything because when I open this venue in Whippy, I want them to come play. But Protest the Hero found it and commented on my MySpace, just found this. Just found out about you today. Quit your life. Whoa. I was 16. Damn. So, yeah, no beef, no beef. And I say it by way of forgiveness, and maybe they were young, too, but I was yeah. like, damn, that hurt. That was I like, could totally understand. Yeah, that. I was just felt fucking kneecapped by them that day. But anyway, I didn't quit my life, but I quit that project wow. <laughs> shortly after. And was you, had like, you played out with it, or is it just for just strictly for the web? No, I played, yeah, I played, and um, yeah, I did that for a bit. Uh, I I played with like sort of like emo. I ended up playing with sort of like more emo projects, like this band These Silhouettes, mm -hmm. um, and never played the Dungeon with that. But played. I don't know if you remember. There's a place Johnny B's in the AMC Theaters Plaza. Uh, sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I ended up playing there, and um, yeah. Anyway, I can't believe we're even talking about this on that because. No, but I'm not saying the name. I'm not saying anything. I know, I like, know. You're like, really yeah, I'm just like, God damn. But that's where I went. And I was in, a, in in projects that way. I was in like, I was in kind of like mellow, sort of like singing projects, yeah. you know? Like I, I just had these lyrics and just wanted home for these lyrics. I'm sort of the same way mm -hmm. now, you know what I mean? It's just like, um, just inspired by these projects I was hearing and wanted to see if I could do something like that obviously it's just a typical or whatever but um so is chastity do you think just like the evolution of this kind of like project based approach to to songwriting yeah I think so and I sort of see it as like this ultimate cause it's sort of like a video project for me too and this it's just sort of like a multimedia sort of project and like an internet project it's like a music project and these songs are the personal and like the deep and the lyrical sort of aspect of it but i kind of want to like um show it in the way that i sort of see it in my brain or something and i think it has become um that evolution and i'm here now and it's the name that i've got or whatever and it's what i'll do everything under so um 
Yeah, I think chastity is where it ended up landing. But so, do you write stuff ever that's like you're like this is for another project for another time type thing? Like this wouldn't work for chastity. Like this is for something else I'm going to do. I sort of, yeah, I, I do, yeah. But even then, now, like I'm writing new shit for chastity right now, and I'm wondering. Because I just changed, and I'm just going through this real time. I, so yeah. the sound sort of did evolve another way, and I sort of did it. Um, I turned my vocals up a bit or whatever, yeah. and I kind of like got some clean a bit. I recorded it all at the same studio as the thing, and recorded it all with the same people and whatever. I didn't think it was that different, but it turns out the review is in. <laughs> I guess it's quite different. I was like, yo, I can just... <laughs> So now I'm kind of going this other goddamn way, LP3, and I'm... Anyways, I'll do what I yeah, want ultimately, well, but I'm like, just, like, fucking... Well, it's it's so funny, because, like, you know, like, obviously the intention of the artist don't matter in the end, because it's totally how people receive it, but, like, it's amazing when you make something and people receive it completely wrongly <laughs> like you're like no no but that's like not at all what i meant yeah like like you need to right think about it this way and look at it this way right. like it's just such a i don't know like it's just it's especially like um especially when it it, it it's like it, it it affects your career mm -hmm. you know people's interpretation of what you do yes yeah it's just it's such a weird thing yeah I th yeah i think like, the vision for me on this record is, like, could I sing softer songs about, like, like killing Klansmen and, like, you know what I mean, going after cops or whatever? Like, and I kind of, like, the vision was just that, and, and then I think it sort of has gone the other way a little bit. I just sort of wanted to sing softer, not yell or whatever, these, like, much harder lyrics than we're on death last mm -hmm. um and i'm just yeah it was not interpreted the right way but or hasn't i'm in my first week it came yeah. out last week um but yeah the some of the reviews some of the reviews i've seen some european reviews that have gotten it and that's been sick and it's been there's been some praise or whatever and but there's some Oscar Wilde quote someone just sent me because I was bummed the other day. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we were like, like when critics disagree, it's a sign of doing something new and vital. Yeah. Maybe it's like, yeah, Oscar Wilde quote. Uh, I don't know if it's that new or if it's that vital or whatever, but it was encouraging anyway and it well, helped in the moment. And also I just like, and you know, I don't have a single record in this room that won a Grammy. I might not even have a single artist no, Devo's probably won a Grammy. But, like, you know, like my record collection doesn't have people that were awarded mm. for the art they made. Mm. Yet these, to me, are the greatest records of all time, you know? Like, right. the Feeders didn't receive any award for Ever Feel Like Killing Your Boss. Mm. Uh, but, uh, or Think, Feel, Everything. Anyway, but whatever it is, they didn't win any awards for it. Yeah. And yet it is, like, to me, like, one of the most important records ever recorded. Right. So it's this weird thing where, like... I don't like it's almost like you don't want people like you it's like well do I want to be Sid Barrett or do I want to be the Carpenters mm. like 
Mm. People didn't get Sid Barrett at the time, you know? People got the Carpenters. Right, right. I guess the Carpenters are vaguely subversive to me. Maybe they're a bad example, a bad choice. For yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah, you mean like some sort of retrospective, oh, we slept on that or we slagged that? Well, yeah, like, like the greatest bands of all time, like no one liked the Velvet Underground when they were around. Mm. No one liked the Stooges when they were around. Damn. You know, like no one liked, like, love. Love forever changes. No one bought that record. That record was like a, a flop, disaster, wow. right? Like, so, so, like, are the greatest records of all time the ones that just didn't hit in their time? And yet, all these bands would go on to influence waves of artists, the next generation. You mm-hmm. know, like, and these are the artists that are are the you know, like, how many more people are influenced by the Velvet Underground than whatever was number one in the charts that week. I should really check what was number one in the charts that week because maybe it was something super like Pet Sounds or something. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like, wow, a lot of people were influenced by that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, uh, like, I don't know. Damn. Yeah. Know? I feel you. And yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm so real-time stunned by some of the stuff and I um, I think I am invested in some of the... Like, I, I think I've grown up reading some of these sites mm-hmm. and reading and, f- and finding out about new projects and whatever by way of reviews sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think maybe I'm just got some like unlearning, but I'm like fans, you know, I've read, I've read like Stuart Berman reviews, you know, yep. for a while now. And it's like a trusted thing. And I sort of feel in ways that like, I think some are like, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like I'm a critic, you know, and I, I apply my criticism first and I'm hardest on myself first and sort of go through this, my own filter and own challenge, you know, informed by whoever it is, like Laura Sneaps or, yeah. you know, some of these yeah. writers yeah. like that I've read and, and, and disagreed with, of course, at times after hearing, uh, but so I think I'm sort of just like invested in some of these writers and when it comes back, I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what part I missed or whatever, but at the same time, I walk the line of like, if I'm doing visceral, it's like just visceral subject matter. There's only so much I can control it into sounding some shaped up way. You know what I mean? At some point I need to let it go and, and roll with it. But I think I'm just struggling and like learning literally today and some of the conversations I had um, today and just with this, I think I was so lucky and I'm so grateful for some of the criticism that Deathless got last year mm-hmm. and it was only last year and now putting this out I've just this week is my first week <laughs> with negative with like a bunch of not to sound like a weirdo but there's just been some I've just got well, they cut. kneecapped this week yeah. yeah like and I feel a little Trippy. Well, also, but. you get like crit- to be critiqued publicly like that is also it's it's not a natural thing to go through, mm. but to be praised like that's not a natural thing to go through too. So it's like Good point. You, they build you up, you know, just to, to, to see the rug pull out from underneath you. But also, I always think about it like when you walk through like a practice space and there's just how many bands mm. would just kill for the opportunity for someone to listen to them. Mm even to dislike it, you know, like just how many bands are just going to go unheard completely? How many yeah. sounds are going to be unheard completely? And just like, you know, like it, at least there's a reaction, yes. you know? And it, and if it's like, you know, and then depending on what the person who, you know, 
if it's a person who doesn't like something and they consistently don't like something that you're like, that's great, and then the records they do like, you're like, oh, that's kind of bullshit. Uh-huh. It's kind of, I don't know, I find it strangely validating. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's kind of yeah, like, oh, well, true. like, I'm glad you didn't get it. If you got it, then I would have been doing something wrong. Like, Whoa. I did that wrestling show. Yeah. This wrestler, Jim Cornette, mm-hmm. who's like this old xenophobic, like, you know, just, you know, guy. Yeah. He hated my show. Hated it. Went on and on about how terrible it was and, like... You know, I was a disgrace to the wrestling business, and it was almost like a high five. True. It's like, well, thank God you didn't get it. If you didn't, if you got it, yes. I would have fucked up completely. Yes, yeah. You know, so maybe like, it's like, oh, geez, it's a good thing this reviewer didn't get it. Well, true. Yeah, that's, I think, in this case, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> See? I'm, yeah, but, yeah, no. <laughs> Back to more positive time. <laughs> this is encouraging, though, seriously. Yeah. It's perspective and you... Yeah, you're one of the few people, you know, that I'm in contact with that has experience with, you know, being... It's just like how many people go on Pitchfork a day. It's like hundreds of thousands, maybe, probably. So to experience that sort of, like, visibility or something and... and, um, I don't know, I'm just... I kind of hate, like, hate it in ways, especially today... You know, like our especially, I don't know. And so I'm just going through it, and you're one of few, yeah, few. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's 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 <laughs> it's, it's very unnatural. Like that's the, you know, it's like it's natural to want to make art, you know. But I think uh, to get famous for the art you make, mm. that's not a natural thing, mm. and it's it's definitely not natural. Like the era we live in, where you. To be micro famous, mm. you know, but to be micro famous is like you know, like it, it, you, at a different area, you could just be like a huge local band, or then huge in your local scene. Right. But now it's like you know, there's these platforms that are that look micro, but they are macro mm. in reach mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's just, I don't know, it's just changed. I, I get yeah. imagine a lot from what it would have been like at a different time. It's true. Yeah. No, it's true. And yeah, internet. Internet. Yeah. And internet. It is. <laughs> yeah. uh, so where did, you know, after uh, that horrible message comment left on your uh, MySpace page by, yeah. by Protest the Hero, where'd you go from that? Like, that must have also, being heroes, like, that must have cut crazy deep. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. I... Well, to be honest, from there, I kept making music and I was just constantly writing songs and just writing, just like writing lyrics on my computer or in my phone or whatever. And um, Yeah, I like went, I don't know. I did, I did that project for a bit longer um, and then it ended and then I went to like college for a bit and just as as I was ending that like in um 2015 I guess like April 2015 maybe I started playing chastity shows so uh I'm skipping I'm intentionally kind of skipping all era (laughs) (laughs) of that but I think I just had I just had I just kind of grew into chastity and there was a lot of growing to do and there's just a lot of like conversations to be had I had to 
you know what I mean? I had to see this band on MTV Canada play in a bathroom and have my mind blown. You know what I mean? There's just like instances of like shit. You know what I mean? That I just like I think just oh, you saw that on TV when it happened. Yeah, really? Yeah, we had it taped. Yeah, my brother had it taped. Yeah, in 2008. Yeah, in 2008. 2008. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I was sick. I wasn't that the show. Or no, 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 no. But still, but, even that you watched it, because I don't think anyone watched MTV at that time. No, so I feel like we did, though. We, I remember seeing a few artists there. There was some cool like, shit on there. there was, like, yeah. I would love... Unfortunately, that archive is probably just forgotten, but there was, like, everything from, like, Fallout Boy to, like, Sailboats Are White to, mm-hmm. like... I think Black Ops played on there one time, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Adele. First time Adele ever played oh, in Canada. That. Whoa. Was on was on MTV Live. Whoa, crazy. Yeah. Like the old, like, Masonic Temple. Yeah, the Masonic right? Temple, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, where they pulled bodies out of the floor. Yeah, Jesus. According to the legend. Holy. <laughs> yeah. In that same yeah. temple, yeah. Yeah, in the temple there was, like, uh, some of the high-up Masons were based, were buried in between floors. And so when they, they took over the building, they pulled the bodies out, finally. Because it was a Masonic Temple and it was the concert hall. Like right. They would just have the shows in the basement. They would still be doing Masonic rituals on yeah. the upper floors. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a apparently haunted. Mm. There was, like, all sorts of, like, weird stuff that would go down. Whoa. Remember after the Polaris Prize, you would do the press junket in the Masonic, like, throne room, chamber room. Whoa. With all the carved yes. things in the wall. Was it at, was it at that or the Carlew when you won? Uh, yeah, it was there. It, it was, was at the Masonic Temple? It was at the Masonic Temple still. Yeah, oh, okay. and that's where we did the uh, the junk. And actually, the the only times I've ever been to it, it's only been there. I've never been to it in the new spot. Oh, true. And yeah. So, so yeah, it was definitely. Did you um? Did they know you were guys were they they knew you were gonna play the bathroom? But they, did they know you're gonna like actually fuck it up? Yeah, like the whole day we were like in the bathroom fucking it up. Like they yeah. saw us like spray painting on the walls, and I remember specifically. Uh, like a couple of VJs coming in and yeah. they're like, yeah, we're going to fuck it up. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And we're like, okay, it's cool. They're like, yeah, we're going to get a new bathroom. We're getting a new bathroom anyway. But did ben, Was it Ben that spray painted something right as the camera yeah, was rolling? Yeah, Rip Kurt or he, Kurt oh, yeah, Liz or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. But we were spray painting before too wow. and we also like, we were going out and buying crazy shit at like, like we, I had a plan at one point I was going to fill the sink with lighter fluid and throw a match in it and like create like a flash pot like <laughs> but uh, Jesus. thankfully I think that. yeah it could have gone yeah, it could have gone real brutal, bad brutal yeah could have gone really bad <laughs> like live on TV. yeah it could have gone it was so bad shit I, that's crazy that was that to me is infamous like an infamous performance <laughs> though isn't it like that I don't know they sent us a bill for 10 grand they did yeah but they didn't get us to sign uh, release forms. Oh. Because, like, they you normally, like, you know, they're just supposed to get you to sign a re- waiver so they can show you on TV. Yeah. And uh, they threw us out before they got us to sign them. They called the police. Okay, so, but they knew you were going to fuck the bathroom up. I just didn't think they thought it was going to go that, that crazy. Far. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, think they, I don't think they, and I think it just got, it got way crazier than we thought. Like, the motorbike stuff, like, all <laughs> that kind of stuff was just, like, it just got out of hand. Yeah. And, like, the fire, and then, like, the amps falling mm-hmm. and, and a camera person got injured by the barricade that they put up to keep the people out and stuff. It was just like, wow, it's a yeah. bad look. And I still see people I worked with on that shoot. Like, and then I started working with that much music and they mm-hmm. were like people that were still pissed at me for that. They were pissed at you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, it was awesome. It was sick. <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. Yeah, it was definitely... But, like, it's... You know, it's a weird time, because, like... Like, Alexis on Fire was on much music. Like, mm-hmm. we were playing on MTV. Like, it was just this moment where the people that were in places like this had just power to kind of make yeah. interesting stuff happen that by right shouldn't have happened in the case of fucked up it definitely shouldn't have happened but in the case of Lex on fire like thankfully it did like you know one of the biggest rock bands ever from this country mm-hmm. coming out of that right fucked up though is too like is like it's not rock you know what I mean but like are you not the not to butt kiss on our recording <laughs> but are you not like the best Canadian punk band like no, TH well, head yeah, I know, that's true. Head and but are like, you, you know what I mean? Like, we, we have our place, you know, but, but, but like, you know, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> well, like we're talking about, like, it's humbling because, like, you know, like, um, I was lucky. You know, I was lucky that my heroes were cool mm. when I got to meet them. Like, so when I met Chris Callahan mm. from, from uh, well, now sect, but like, you know, cursed and, and yeah. stuff, but like, back then he was in the swarm. He was cool as shit. Mm. So he kind of like took me under his wing. So I, I don't think I could ever say fucked up better than the swarm. You mm. know, I just don't know like if I could ever bring right. myself to say that, you know? So I just feel like, uh, I don't know, I feel humbled by uh, the heroes that came before me in a way that I don't know if I could even like claim to be anywhere <laughs> approaching them. Um, you know, or like SNFU, you know? Like there's just so many bands like that. Like right. I think the... You know, I'm not saying Alexa on Fire is better than SNFU, and I would say that to their faces. I'm not like you know, that's not a diss on them. Like SNFU is one of the best bands in the world, but I think by the by the uh, you know the metric of sales being biggest, Alexa on Fire. I see. I see. You know, biggest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Would be Alexa on Fire, Billy Talent, Tragically Hip. Who else are forgetting? Like rock band. Yeah. BTO. Yeah. You know the guess who? The guess who? Uh, what about like some forty one? Some forty one? Like, uh, I, I think like, I was like on fire bigger. Oh, uh, like I like on fire did two nights sold out at Molson Amphitheater, right? Mm-hmm. Did you guys play those ones or no? Just the one in England. Yeah, the one in England. They played. I don't. I don't think some forty one's playing Alley Pally right now. True. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Maybe, maybe, I guess record sales wise. Back then, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, crazy. You know, bigger than Gob. You know, I Alex, fucked with Gob. I fucked yeah. with Gob too, I yeah. definitely would. But yeah. I think Alexa on Fire, you know, bigger than Gob. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So what, so, what was like when you did Chastity, when you formed Chastity, what was the goal of this? group then like was it originally like I want to make an art project I want to make or I want to make something that's just like part of this wave of bands that's kind of happening around me or I was in so I went to school in Hamilton and I was back in Whitby and I think for me it was sort of loneliness or something in Whitby and just realizing sort of this like thing had passed I lived in Toronto for a bit I couldn't do it I felt really agoraphobic and Mm -hmm. claustrophobic and stuff and it was just too busy it was not what I was used to at all and I went to school and ended up back in Whitby and I think I was like wow there's nothing 
there's nothing and there's like I don't know of I literally don't know of any another band out of here you know out of Whitby and I think for me it was just like well if I sing the neighborhood song will this start something you know what I mean and will this it's like where are the kids like I had long black hair in, in high school or whatever it's like where are the kids I see kids with like mohawk still and just like whatever like lip piercings or whatever it's like where do they go you know what I mean they still exist they still like fuck with this stuff on the internet do they know do any of them know each other do they know they're here and I think that was my feeling like going back to Whitby um and being in Whitby and I was I don't know I think I wanted to that was sort of the start and that was sort of like, well, if I just like sing it, and if I, my what, the first song I think is Manning Hill, and Manning Hill is the biggest hill in Whitby where we skate down or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just like literally singing the neighborhood song, and then from there I think it was sort of, well, I can make a video for this, you know, and just wrote this thing up. And I knew my friend Justin. I still make videos with Justin. You met Justin, yeah, yeah. Hamilton, and um. And then it just sort of became this DIY project of like a bunch of different shit. And Mark Pesci um, was like, do you want to, the band Priests was coming to play. Mark was like promoting the show at Smiling Buddha and said, do you want to come through and play this? I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And then it just started up and um, I've been doing it and yeah I don't know it was just really serious like from the like making a demo made it like a three song demo put it on a tape um and did it and yeah I, I'd sent it to Mark and Mark was like yeah do you want to play on the show and it was a damn sick show and yeah and it's just been from there how'd you get hooked up with Mike Sniper and, and Capture Tracks it's just like through some industry shit like the demo had like got, like I was just, like, mailing demos out and shit, I think, and, like, you know what I mean? Just handing it out and burnt... I've always been, like, obsessed with numbers or whatever, and I burnt 1134, like, hell upside down demo, like, burnt discs. Okay, and yeah. And just, like, handed them out and shit, and uh, I was trying to get it going in Whitby, you know what I mean, to hand them out and, like, leave them places in Whitby. I was just dreaming or whatever, you yeah, know, in Whitby, yeah. but... Um, and then industry just started getting smaller or whatever, you know, and it just felt, and I think like, I don't know, someone in the industry just showed Mike Sniper and um, we are just like emailing back and forth. To be honest, like Sony in the UK, they're starting this, um, I can't believe it, they're starting a record label that puts out Slayer in the UK and a bunch of bands <laughs> and they... It's called something of nations, music of music nations. of nations. Oh, it's like the old label, music of nations. Yeah, bringing it back. They were bringing it back. Oh, weird. And this really sweet guy, Joel, Joel Diath, or Joel, his last name was spelled Death. Yeah. Uh, was gonna sign it. Had found chastity, um, and I was like, whoa, crazy. <laughs> but I don't know if I want to su- sign to a major label and stuff because it was just Sony. Yeah. Under like a vanity imprint, yeah. label or whatever, front. And then 
and then I think conversations just started. I think I was in a panic, and I, like, had sent... I'd, like... I think I... I don't know. I think I just, like, mailed Mike Sniper. Uh, I'd just seen his name, you know? I'd seen it or whatever, and... And loved shit on Matador and Captured Tracks and whatever, and was talking to... I was just, like, DIYing it, and... I talked to... Some, I forget. Rob somebody at Matador? I don't know. Robbie? Yeah. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely. He's nice. Yeah, super nice. I don't, he's not there anymore. I think he's at Secretly Canadian. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 wild, like how many interesting projects Capture Tracks winds up working with. Like how many outdoor mm. bands, mm-hmm. like bands where I'm like, you know, just like it's just such a a, a different approach to making records mm. than like a lot of bands, you know. And I, I yeah. find it fascinating, just like. It's a really cool label. Like, I've always thought, like, he's got a really good ear, and mm-hmm. the people he, you know, Dave Martin, who's, like, a fan of the podcast and stuff, the people at that label have good ears and stuff, and it's like, yeah, it's every every band they put out, I'm always like, oh, this is, you know, something worth diving into. Yeah. You know, and I guess, I guess I had heard about you before we played with you. The first time we played with you guys must have been not that long after you formed, right? Like, that yeah. San Francisco show? Yeah. What year was that? 2016? 16? 17? 2017. Because I was going up the coast to make the wrestling show, I remember. Right. Yeah. And you guys were so late for San Francisco. (laughs) And we were like, we had heard so much about you, obviously, and we were fans, and I'd seen you play, and, uh, but then the sound guy, like, was pissed at us or something? Yeah, production he was people at the venue. They're all pissed. You guys at. got there at nine p.m. or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, because I, I think maybe I was there earlier, right? You flew in. Because I flew in. Cause yeah, I, I did the Vice therapy show. Yeah, and then flown up. Oh yeah, from L.A. and yeah. got there with plenty of time, but they were like so fucking late. That's when you taped that the Vice therapy thing Whoa, that, that that day. Oh my! Oh, <laughs> yeah. true, dude. Good. F- for you for that <laughs> shit that's crazy <laughs> the things you'll do for money oh. um, but yeah that was a yeah, a real gnarly show but like god that was it sort of happened pretty quickly with chastity everything right like you know like it, it definitely did you know right away that this was going to be something different than other projects you worked on and when you finished writing these songs mm, not even I thought, like, I want to make a sick, whippy project. I want to yeah. be, like... You know what I mean? And I had... That was, like, sort of my base, like, Protest the Hero or whatever, and, and seeing what Alex on Fire was to Niagara, yeah. like, and yeah. St. Catherine's Grimsby, yeah. Hamilton Burlington or whatever, like, just that region. Seeing these, like, sort of regional things, um, I think it was just sort of a pipe dream of, like, the dungeon, and that still exists for me. Like, and I'm emailing the mayor actively, and I'm yeah. talking to Will, the old... The old owner of the dungeon lives out west now and had us for breakfast and gave us all, like, Tim Hortons cards. You know, it's like, that to me, that shit is so encouraging and unreal and just having him breathe life into this a bit. I think it was just, like, I wanted it, I wanted to reach the kids who the songs were written for. Yeah. And I think there are, like, thousands of Whitby's and millions of skid kids like mm-hmm. us, you know, and I think it's like that. I wanted it to reach them because I don't want to sound so cliche or whatever, but it's obviously like it has an effect on music, has an effect on making people feel less alone, obviously. Mm-hmm. And 
and just hearing themselves in the music or whatever and I think that has been important uh, to the project but I don't know I think I've been I've wanted the project just to be like for the glory of Whitby and for the glory of you know what I mean it's like that's sort of just been the thing it's like Whitby is all over my shit and it's going to continue to be you know and I think yeah I was just even like sort of subversive with Toronto even I put on shows I put on a few shows at the beginning of Chastity one was Chastity Demolition you like Demolition? yeah they're pretty sick yeah Yeah, Demolition Jonah did their I think Jonah Jonah and Ben I think did right? yeah yeah uh, Demolition and Wildside, this band Drugs in Japan, um, and the FNs did it at Shibijibis okay. with Chastity. One of the first shows, and I called it Noe Blanche, because Noe Blanche was like Scotia Bank. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> I was just like kind of making fun of, making fun of the in, like Toronto and the industry or whatever. I put on Noshiaga. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I put on a few like no shows, no by Northeast during north by northeast and um i would kind of just like i was kind of just like making fun of toronto i mean a lot like at the yeah. beginning of chastity to be honest and i kind of did like i was just like eh. you know what i mean this is a whippy project and i sort of wanted to yeah i think that was the beginning of it and now i'm just like oh holy fuck um feel lucky and and just um I think I'm just in a... I'm not... Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to tour. I want to play the show. You know what I mean? But I'm just, like, in a... I think I'm just wide-eyed with the whole... industry. Some shit that goes on in the industry, including today. I'm just sort of just, like, wide-eyed. Like, and in it now. But it has... It did happen... Pretty... Yeah. Quick and had the support. Now, in retrospect, like, early on. Yeah. It was... It's also wild to think that, like, you know, like we talked about all these bands earlier, like Mark Inside or, or Anagram or mm. even Approach the Hero. Like, eventually they all moved to Toronto. Yeah. Like, you almost had to at mm. a certain point. But now, because of, I guess, technology and just the infrastructure being what it is, you, you don't have to. You can still be civic pride in Whitby. You don't have to, you know, eventually move your band to Toronto just because that's where everything's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think it's just... It's like an internet band, aren't mm-hmm. we all? Mm-hmm. But it's like an internet project, some corner of the internet. But it's like geographically based somewhere or whatever. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's like today is weird. It's <laughs> the micro on the macro. Yes, yeah, straight <laughs> up. Yeah. But I felt, I felt even, we did sort of like a an outskirts tour um, in the fall and I felt, it felt so sick like um just playing you know not necessarily the Whitby's but not playing Chicago we played like the suburb outside the suburb of it you know what I mean we played like Providence Rhode Island where people don't necessarily always stand up you know what I mean so and that tour made me I tried to do like an outskirts tour I pitched you know what I mean our agent I was like I just got a new booking agent for North America or whatever and I was like let's do an outskirts tour to like announce the record (laughs) (laughs) but next record I want to do you know what I mean I just want to start in Whitby do a bunch of like outskirts like drivable outskirts or whatever they just feel sick and people like come through and are like yo thank you for coming and like you know I think 
that to me. I love that. No but. effects did a tour where like you had to write them a letter and say why no bands ever come to your town. Wow. And they did like a whole tour going to like Whoa. The the like C market type places in every state. That's and things cool. like that. That's yeah, it'd cool. be you know, because you're right, like these kids still exist. And you know, now it's like you can almost experience subculture completely in isolation. Mm. Like you don't need mm-hmm. to go out and find people to show you stuff, but like that's just as lonely as not finding that subculture at all. Like maybe you feel like you fit in more, but like if you don't have other people around you, right? You don't have that human interaction that these scenes did provide people. Right, right, yeah. I think there is like a human element of community, like IRL. <clears throat> you know what I mean? <clears throat> and, and finding community somewhere, and and for me, when like community wasn't the church or wasn't hockey or whatever, and isn't. For me, like, I think I looked for it, and if I didn't have the dungeon, you know, or if I didn't have, yeah, I, I just worry, where would I be, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I, I and now I'm thinking, where are they? And they can experience it in the same way that I did, you know, I was, I was 13 when MySpace, like in 2003, you know? Yeah when MySpace came on the the internet and so I was like among some of the first teenagers on social media you know and sort of experienced it and now it's like a hyper mode of that maybe and they can you know you don't need to do LSD anymore you can just sit at your computer and go anywhere in the world you you know it's like you can just yeah put YouTube on full screen and go to wherever Um, but I think there is some just like human emptiness that needs to be filled with community and I felt it in my life and I felt it most fulfilled at at punk shows or like just subculturally is where I felt at home the most and I just feel for it for my community and like worry about the loneliness Mm -hmm. of of young people there you know so um yeah, we've tried to do barn shows and stuff. They've just ended. They ended on Friday, and now it's just like finding a finding a space to hopefully do it. And um, shit, what did you ask me? I'm just been talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been awesome, dude. Just, I, will we come back for a part two at some point? Yeah, I would love to. This has been yeah, anytime dude, you want to come over for dinner. Shit, yes. Yeah, so, well, if you're making chicken, I'll come back there. That was fire. I, any you. excuse to make the chicken, I'll <laughs> take it. Sick. So come back. Thank you, dude. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on the show. And you know you're always welcome at our house. And I won't even force you to do a podcast next time. You just come over, you have dinner, hang out. And uh, if, for those of you who haven't checked it out, uh, Chastity has a brand new album that's incredible called Deathlust. And completely coincidentally, like, like I had no idea this was happening until it was in motion. But uh, they did a series of videos that actually star my eldest child, Holden. Um, some of you may be familiar with Holden because he's been on this podcast before. He was the host of the uh, unfortunately retired, but maybe we'll come back one day. Probably not with the same name, but Robot of All Robots podcast and stuff. So he's now, uh, all, not all grows up, but he's a little more grown up and he's in those videos and you can see it. So check out the ch- new Chastity movie videos that are coming out and check out their new record. Like what a great band. I'm, I'm so stoked that he got to come on the show. Well, next week on the show, why don't we keep it current, keep it new, keep it keep it friends. Next week on the show, my buddy, 
my pal, my fellow wrestling buddy for life, Anthony from Ceremony is coming on the show for an incredible conversation. This is his first official uh, part one episode. He was on the, the, I don't know if you've heard it, but you should go back in the archives and check it out because he's got incredible stories on it. But the Punk Wrestling Connection Live that I did uh, a year or so ago in L.A., almost coming up to a year ago in L.A., um, Maybe more than that now. Uh, who, how, however long it's been, it's been a while. So you might want to check out that interview with him and hear some of his thoughts about wrestling. But I promise you, no wrestling conversation is hurt in the making of next week's episode. But once again, it's a really honest conversation with someone who um, who, who pushes the bounds of their creativity and, and someone who has put out consistently awesome but challenging records for their fans. And yeah, we get into it. You know, and I, 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 that's a fun episode. You'll hear next week. But that's it. I'm going to go now and try not buy records. I'm going to sit in this hotel room with the covers pulled over my head so I don't spend any more money. Uh, but that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for supporting this show. Uh, and and uh, I'll, I'll see you next week. Go out there and make your own con- – go out there and make your own uh, culture. You make a zine. Make a band. Do a podcast. Do whatever you, you need to do. Um, also, uh, sign your organ donor cards because uh, that shit works. I've been saying it for a long time, and uh, my my uncle recently got a heart transplant, and he's still doing good. And so I really you know, can't thank people enough that do sign those organ donor cards because you don't need the organs at that point. So just pass them on to someone else, you know, like, like let someone else have that uh, opportunity. And so, yeah, please go out and do that and stay safe, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Love you, everyone. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.